Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the great detectives of old time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. This week, we're serving up another episode of U.S. Marshall. This is Season 1, Episode 38. The title is Deer Hunt, and the original air date is June the 27th of 1959. Gun. Al, I'll say one thing, Chris. This rifle's a big improvement over that blunderbuss you've been using the past few years. You know, my wife insisted on my buying it. She got so tired of my alibis for never bringing home a deer. <laughs> well, don't get your full quote of the first day, Mr. Hodges. The marshal's planning on a full week's vacation. Yeah, we'll see you come home with a pair of antlers this time. Well, I'm for that. Don't forget to roll up the back window, Frank. Oh, yeah, thanks. I think that about takes care of everything. Too bad you can't go with us this morning, Buck. Oh, somebody's got to mind the store. Listen, make sure you finish laying out that vacation schedule we started working on yesterday. Oh, don't worry, Frank. Anderson and McCauley are due back from their vacations this afternoon. The minute the day report for duty, I'll be out of here like a shot to join you. Okay, you know where we'll be now. We're going to set up camp a mile or two behind Moose Jaw Canyon. Well, I'll be in the office till after three, Frank. If you need anything, just holler. Okay. Good hunting. be the first one here. First day of the season. Once we're going to hurry up, there won't be any deer left. Now, thanks to game laws, the deer outnumber the hunters about 20 to 1. Maybe I better cover up the groceries. I'll give you a hand. Think they're safe here in the ground? What do you mean? Well, bears. Oh, there's nothing fair around this country to worry about. Want some more coffee? I think we better get started, Chris. Okay. Well, which way are you heading? You're the visiting fireman. Take your choice. I'll go north. Okay, I'll head south. Good luck with your new cannon. Thanks. See you later. Okay, Chris.
But you never get here. Yeah, lie still, Chris. What happened? A hunter shot me. Just shot me and took off. Yeah, let me take a look at this. Well, I can't see very much. I have to cut your pants, Chris. Uh, better put a tourniquet on it. Here, Chris. Try not to hurt you. There. Did you recognize him? No. I can't figure. Shoot a man and leave him? I can't either. Let's see if we get a stick here someplace. Here. That ought to do it. Here, hold on to that stick. I don't think it'll be a good idea if we try to move you, Chris. I'll get a doctor back here as fast as I can. There he is.
Yeah? I dropped the rifle. Don't forget it. show up, let him have it. I'll go on back to the car and call for help. I'll bring the first aid kit back. You all right now? Yeah. Thanks, Frank. Call the doctor, Chris. That wild man put the station wagon out of commission. Radio and all. But why? I can't figure it out. <laughs> you know, the last time anybody doused sulfur powder in me was in a foxhole on Normandy Beach. You'll get out of this mess, too. Can you get the bulls out? I'm afraid I'm not good enough for that. What are we going to do, Frank? Well, I'll have to walk back to that ranger station. That's 20 miles. Maybe somebody will pick me up on the way. Chris, if you have too much pain, take a couple of these. Do you think you'll come back again? I don't think so. He tried to run me down when he beat it out of here. Here's your canteen of water. Now, be sure you loosen this tourniquet every 20 minutes and tighten it again. All right. I'll be 
back as soon as I can. Okay, Frank. Expect you back so soon? I had no choice. Wrecked his car a couple of miles back. I'd got him, and my gun hadn't jammed. It's the only one we have left now. What are we going to do? Well, I can't take another chance on leaving you alone. We'll have to wait till Buck gets here. He must be on his way by now. Did you take any of those painkillers? I was just going to. Here. Your canteen's empty. You'll have to take a couple without. Not without water. You can try. Gotta have water. All right.
Get Chris to the hospital. Head back here right away. Well, how about you? You going after him alone? I have no choice. Frank, you don't even know where to start to look. I know he headed up that ridge. You gonna take my rifle? No, I use Chris's. You get started right away. All right.
Another man you shot? Never saw him before. Was it an accident? Yeah, it was an accident. Why'd you run away then? I don't know. You don't know? You came back and tried to kill both of us. I had to. Go on. I wasn't even supposed to be carrying a gun. I was out on parole. One of you is a marshal, is it you? Yes, I'm a marshal. Well, you know what happens to my parole when they found out I was carrying a gun? I had enough of the pen. I never want to go back there. <laughs> All right, Stryker. Let's go. Welcome back. Well, a really interesting episode outside of the opening credits. Sheriff Morgan does not appear in uniform, but rather we get some great scenery and a very tense plot as Morgan and his friend have to put themselves into this life and death survival situation in this very rugged and isolated bit of scenery. I really did appreciate the resolution to this that the man hunting them wasn't some major arch villain, but rather an ex-con who was breaking parole by going hunting and feared going back. I think it's reasonable to question why he would go to these lengths because the odds of him being identified initially were relatively small. However, I think even in the short time he was on screen, it was easy to see that he had a big fear of going back to prison. And when fear is that big, it can sometimes overwhelm any sort of sense of logic. Speaking of logic... 
Uh, what was the logic of the way they evacuated Chris out of there? This was such a weak sequence, because the way they came out, if Xcon had been around, he would have been able to pick them off quite easily. You could have easily sent the deputy ahead to run between the cars... And then when they brought the stretcher down, they could bring it with some cover. And then, of course, you have the little bit that would make any gun safety instructor wince when the marshal's gun fell to the ground because it wasn't properly secured. And as awkward as this scene is, probably the worst thing about it is that it was completely unnecessary. After showing the ex-con running off, you could just fast forward to just after they got Chris into the back seat, and Marshall Morgan is going to go off and deal with the ex-con. Nobody at home would be wondering, I wonder how they got him down into the car. We, we would just kind of assume. It puzzles me that they chose to shoot it this way, and it puzzles me that they chose to leave it in the final cut. Because literally anything could have gone in that uh, space. Suspenseful scenes of the marshal and the ex-con moving around in the, in the woods. Heck, B-roll of the location. Anything but at what actually went into that scene, which kind of mars what is otherwise a pretty enjoyable episode. Well, that's all for today. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.